MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, here we go. Pac-12 fans, this one's for you. Put your hands up, This is the Pac-12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac-12 Apostles. Apostles. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amzit, and this is the Pac-12 Apostles, the Pac-12 premiere podcast where you get the truth. You don't get it sugar-coated. You aren't going to get some biased opinion. You're going to get it straight, even if you don't like it. Um, but the season is coming up, people. We are here. Yeah, baby. So exciting. Uh, But before we get to our 2022 season preview, we cannot ignore the temperature in the room. We cannot act like it is not sizzling in the Pac-12. We can't act like UCLA and USC aren't trotting. Well, USC's trotting out the door regardless. USC is trying to get blocked by the Regents. Uh, Oregon's trying to head out the door. Washington is trying to sneak out without it being making national news. And Cal's like, what about me? What about me? And Stanford's just not saying a damn thing. And the four corner schools are like, um, yo, can y'all make a decision? Because we may just go to the Big 12 if, if, if y'all don't. And Commissioner Kliakoff is like, I, I, I can't, bro. I can't. I don't know why I left MGM for this mess. This is atrocious. And the ACC is still trying to, you know, figure out why they signed a Pac-12. Dude, they pulled a Larry Scott. They signed a worst possible media agreement. Runs through 2036. It's a disaster, dude. It is an absolute abject failure by the Pac-12 and by the ACC. Not just by the Pac-12, but by Larry Scott and the former presidents. Because pretty much all of them are former presidents, except for Michael Crow. (laughs) down at Arizona State. 
But anyways, so Ralph, with conference expansion happening, USC's gone, and USC fans they keep trying to shoot down Oregon. Like, listen, <laughs> they're not good enough for the Big Ten. Their 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 academics aren't that. The only thing Oregon lacks in academics is it being a research uni- university. It's not because they don't have a med school. But every other aspect, like there are some schools at Oregon that are ranked very highly. So. But then it's a national brand. All of it, But USC doesn't want them because of recruiting. And that's the truth. And they don't want to admit it. But what's your take on the current status of the Pac-12? I just want to know, to quote Meek Mill's terrible diss track of Drake, I just want to know. <laughs> that's it. I just want to know what's going on so that we, we, we can move forward and figure out what life's going to be like um, from here. For us, like too. For- yeah, for us too. And I, I would love for there to continue to be a Pac-12. And we have affiliate members of the Pac-12 already for some other sports that maybe deserve uh, an invite. Maybe not UCSU Bakersfield, but San Diego State, come on down. We we can get this back up to a Pac-12. Uh, and we might end up keeping UCLA. And it's fine if a private university wants to take off like like USC. I don't, I don't think it'll be the same. You know, better or worse, we'll find out 10 years from now. But I I would love for there to continue to be a conference. But I hate the waiting game. Um, If we're going to move to if we're going to move to super conferences, then the truth of the matter is the Pac-12 and ACC are going to be the ones to suffer and and, and likely the Big 12 as well. So, you know, all I want to say is I just want to know what's going to happen so that we can mentally prepare for what's going on. The average Pac-12 fan, all they care about is is what channel is the game on yep. and that is not even a question that we've been able to answer for the last decade so if we could focus on getting that one thing handled then <laughs> maybe some channel, on the side what channel is the damn game on bro that is that is a very simple test and question now i actually feel bad for john john wilner who's been on this program multiple times right i feel bad yeah. for john wilner because he's in a tough spot Because he has been because he gets special access with the commissioner's office and, you know, he gets this. He's very plugged in, but he can't come out and be like, oh, yeah, yo, I think the Pac-12 is going to implode. No, if you notice his timber and his uh, his timbre is changing. It went went from listen, guys, chill. It's not happening to like if it does happen. You know, but this is still them staying together is the most likely scenario at this point in time. That was the latest article. Yeah, I like Wilner and we wouldn't have had him on this show 10 times if 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 we didn't. I listened to his new show with 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 Canzano, though, and that basically like kind of floating out there that if someone's going to save the conference, it's going to be Phil Knight. Why not make it to Phil Knight conference? Why not make it the Nike conference? Why not go back to the idea of Larry Scott wanting to sell off 10% of the conference? And I just don't think that that's going to be how all Ooh, of this There's ends. only one place to sell it to. Like, that's the problem is in terms of terrestrial television, because it will terrestrial networks, if you will, NBC, CBS, ESPN, NBC, Fox has ta- well in Fox they've ta- the the Big Twelve is taking up all the oxygen on Fox first thing Fox and FS one yeah. like ninety percent of the oxygen so that's all the oxygen and then on CBS they took the the only available time slot 
which the, which is replacing what the SEC did, which the Pac-12 would have glad they would have wanted more than anything. And then they get the Paramount Plus streaming and they get NBC for night games. Bro, there's nothing like the only option is at this point is to go ESPN and to have Amazon or Apple TV buy your rights. But if you're Apple TV, like how can you possibly want these rights when nobody else wants them? Yeah. Well, no, well, sorry, here's what I- sorry, sorry. Nobody wants them at a good price. People right. want them because they want to fill programming on the late windows. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll we'll uh, get them. We'll put all our games on at 7 p.m. or we'll put them. On. Listen, don't worry. We we will have programming. Don't you worry. I, you know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of sitting around fantasizing that somebody's going to come to save the day. Yesterday, <laughs> you can make fun of me for this all you want. But yesterday, when I found out that Artie Moreno's selling the Angels, yes, you know, when, I, yes. when I found out that Artie Moreno's selling the Angels, in my head, like all these synapses are starting to fire off and and neurons are are making connections. And I'm like, wait a minute, Artie Moreno went to the University of Arizona. He has a business relationship with Disney because he bought the Angels from them. <laughs> what if Artie Moreno is selling the Angels? In order to buy into the Pac-12 and get us back on ESPN, Wait, what? Dude, <laughs> Artie Moreno has been an abject disaster for the Angels. They've hey, made he's not the playoffs one it. time since 2009. Hey, he's, he's like the most involved, involved owner. All right. Well, to quote to quote the little kid from Angels in the Outfield, it could happen. <laughs> but I'm just I'm sick of sitting here coming up with these absolutely insane scenarios to try to save this conference that I love. Football is going to be such a good distraction for the next two years because it's been nothing but misery leading up to this point with Larry Scott. And I do think George Klyavkov has done a great job. And we, you know, we, we broke the news of his hiring. We've we, you've you've interviewed him. Uh, but I, I just think that, you know, the, the train was already on the tracks as far as this whole thing breaking down. And I'm not feeling really good at this point in time. That that two years from now we're going to have a conference to talk about this very well might be the 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 college football apostles uh, a couple years from now we'll see oh yeah yeah and especially if Arizona State goes in a different direction than than Oregon yeah well and well but th- so that's the whole thing of like I know the guys on the podcast the champions talked about like yeah well if UCLA and USC go to the Big Ten then at least they'll keep podcasting together but if they split them up it might end we're gonna figure out something regardless of what happens but i don't see arizona state and oregon ending up together and i if you believe greg moore who's an arizona central uh columnist down here in arizona he thinks he thinks that the solution is for arizona state to drop football altogether (laughs) 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 to play Right to play seven on seven, or go, or 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 how about the regent that asked in the meeting about you know figuring out whether Cal was going to be able to leave with UCLA or if UCLA was going to be able to leave at all? Uh, the regent that suggested Cal drop down to D three. What? I was, yeah, that happened. We have some very unserious people when it comes to football uh, that are that are meddling in in an already disastrous process. So we'll we'll see how it all ends up. I would love, I would love nothing more than to talk about just USC leaving and us bringing on somebody else to replace them and then moving forward and keeping the culture of the conference alive. Um, but I'm, I'm at this point, I'm 99% sure that, that that is not what is going to happen. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty obvious. So, and then we will make some decisions on how we will handle things, but we ain't going nowhere. We will, nope. we will be here. It just depends on what here actually looks like <laughs> or where there is. Uh, yes. But, but for now, the Pac-12 is still going on. No divisions. Well, no, no, no. Still divisions for this year. But the top two teams go to the uh, Pac-12 championship, not just North and South. So I guess we will start our Pac-12 preview for this year. All right. Where do we start, Ralph? Well, uh, if anybody that's been a longtime listener to the Pac-12 Apostles, as I believe we go into our fourth season uh, of covering the Pac-12 together, knows that we struggle uh, with putting the teams in alphabetical <laughs> order to do anything. So I actually have it pulled up today. Uh, University of Arizona, speaking of Artie Moreno, uh, they got a tough out-of-conference schedule. Jed Fish is doing some positive things. We're going to keep this really simple and really quick because we value your time and we're to the point where we're up to like six Pac-12 podcasts. And so if you're having to choose between them, you, we know that you just want the meat and potatoes uh, or for our vegan Pac-12 friends, the impossible meat and potatoes. <laughs> so uh, let's go with taking a look at University of Arizona's schedule. George, what is your prediction for their record? I believe they were voted by the Pac-12 to finish 11th this year pac 12 media okay so i am it's like it's weird right because on one hand i am very bullish on on the future of arizona right i think that they are headed in the right direction but at the same time they're not there yet and against against arizona state i'm sorry against san diego state i think that they can win that game and and with uh, their new quarterback, Jaden Delora from Washington State, I think that they they have a chance to win that game. And they play San Diego State, Mississippi State, and North Dakota State to start the season. I think that they go one and two to start the season. Where's that one though? Because I'm not sure it's against North Dakota I, State. I yes, I don't know if it's against North Dakota State. That's a damn shame. Uh, Would Arizona, if if Arizona lost to North Dakota State, would they be the first Power Five school to lose to to lose to FCS school in back to back years? Have to if if not, it's close. If not, it's close. Because uh, yeah. yeah, that's hard to do. But okay, so I'm gonna go with actually. I'm gonna go with two and two and one. I think that yeah, San Diego State, Ooh. Mississippi State, and North Dakota State. I say they win two Maybe. out of those three games. And Mississippi State's got to go to Tucson. Yep. Yeah. So that means that they will. And then when you get into their conference schedule, that's gonna be rough, bro. I think the only mm-hmm. game that is important to win is the Arizona State. I think that they have a chance at Arizona State, a chance at Cal, and a chance at Colorado. Aside from that, that's about it, bro. That's about so you're it. Gonna give them, are you going to give them four wins? Because I am. I'm, I'm going to say this is a yeah, four and I'm eight season. Four, yeah, I'm going to give them four wins. Okay. Uh, who do you think is going to be the MVP of this team this season? Jaden Delora. Hmm. Yeah. Easy. They had, yeah. They, I want to say Jaden Delore as well, but they had so many injuries at quarterback last year. It makes me wonder if they can keep a quarterback healthy. So I'm going to say, 
Uh, transfer wide receiver Jacob Cowing is on my list, and I've been a Christian Roland Wallace fan for a long time, and he's had nothing but uh, lack of success <laughs> on that University of Arizona defense. So it'd be decent. Uh, it, it'd be it'd be a nice win for me uh, to prove to prove me right if if he had a good season um, back there. Those are two players uh, that I like. What would be a disaster for this team? Oh, to start out zero and three. If they start out the season zero and three. They're they're gonna turn in. They're a one win team. Okay. What would be what would be what would they consider a huge win? Uh, four and eight. Actually, no, no, no. A huge win would be five. No, 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 no. A huge win would be not nah, six and six would win over Arizona State. I think that that is that that would be like a miraculous season. But I but six, I think that yeah, six, six wins in a bowl would feel like a natty. I think. Yeah. Oh. Oh God. That would feel exactly like a natty. They would they would be doing cartwheels, jumping up and down, doing handstands and everything else. And as an Arizona State alum, I wouldn't say anything about it because I would have known exactly what it took to get there. Like, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to hate on on them being excited about that. But I think anything over four wins is huge. Any specific storylines with this team that you're watching? Yes, the. Yeah, I, I just want to see them continue to play hard and continue to improve. Hmm. Like that is that is the thing like that. You don't I want to see. This feels like when Jonathan Smith first took over Oregon State, when they were getting absolutely boat raced by everybody. And then they started playing close ran competitive games. Even if you lose, play competitive games. I think that that's the key. Yeah. I agree. All right, let's jump over to Tempe, Arizona. Arizona State University uh, has been all sorts of nonsense for the last 15, 16 months. NCAA still has not in, uh, interviewed people who are involved uh, in the investigation. They've moved on from several coaches, several members of the recruiting staff. They have Brian Billick and Marvin Lewis as special advisors uh, to this team, but it's not like they are full-time. Uh, it's it's a very interesting situation at Arizona State right now. So, what is your prediction for their end of season record? I don't even know what to make of this team. Like, I don't know what to make of this roster. Really, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, yeah. yes, they have Emory Jones, so that's going to be. I mean, Emory Jones and Jaden Daniels—they feel like two Spider Mans pointing at each other. Right? Maybe, maybe. Except, but would you think Jaden? Do you? Do you think Jaden Daniels would have been number like fifth in total yards in the SEC last year? Because I, Emory Jones, what he he mm. was inconsistent, but he and I don't know because then there's a part of me that's like, man, what if Jaden Daniels blows up at LSU? So I it, maybe maybe you're right, but I do know that Emory Jones is like thirty pounds heavier than Jaden Daniels, and that should help him out a little bit. True, true. All right, so they're gonna beat Northern Arizona. They're not gonna beat Oklahoma State. I'm assuming they're going to beat Eastern Michigan and then Utah, USC, LL, Washington, probably an L, even though it's at home. They're going to lose to Stanford, beat Colorado, hopefully for them, because I don't trust Colorado's offense at all. I don't think they can score more than 10 points against anybody, really. Um, Lose to UCLA, lose at Washington State, probably lose at Oregon. Oh, my God. Did I just how many wins did I give them? 
I don't. I think so I heard one, two, any you <laughs> three. I'm gonna give them four wins. Four and eight. Are you saying with a loss to University of Arizona? Yeah. Oof. That's tough. Uh, I do not believe that they'll lose to University of Arizona. If they do, it'd be because they're going into the season with five scholarship wide receivers and five scholarship linebackers, which is like which they, which they are. Yeah, that's a problem because somebody is going to get hurt. Somebody's going to catch the flu. Always. Somebody. It's football. If yeah. those two, if those five dudes at both for the end linebackers, dude, if both, if all ten of those dudes start and finish every single game, it will be a miracle. Of course, because stuff happens. Last year, a car full of Arizona State players crashed into another car full of Arizona State players, and they all missed a game. <laughs> like leave, leaving from the practice facility to the field, stuff happens. You're going to yep. miss games. That's how it. That's how it goes. So you're going to have a, have to have a lot of names that you might not be familiar with step up for this team. I do have them though. I I, I believe that they they had some luck in the transfer portal. Um, with Emory Jones and Zazavian Valade, that I think that this is going to be a typical Herm team uh, where you're able to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, keep games close, which might give them a chance to win. Uh, bold prediction, six wins. Even bolder prediction, one of those wins is going to be a game they have no business winning. And I think that's going to be Utah coming to Tempe. Because that's what they do. They win games that they don't they don't have any responsibility um, being it. What do you think of that, George? ASU beats Utah in Tempe. I think that that is very, very possible that and by the score, by a score of 13, 10 or possibly <laughs> possibly nine to six. Yeah, dude, it is going to be an ugly, ugly game, bro. It is going to be an ugly, ugly game. But yeah, so and, it's funny because even if Arizona and Arizona State finish with the same record, these trains are going in different directions right now. That is that is what it feels like when you look at recruiting and, and everything else. And, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Like the NCAA, we're at the point where the investigation is the punishment. And I think the NCAA is aware of that. And it wouldn't be surprising to me to find out that that's the reason that they take their time because they know they don't have the authority to really implement a lot of these things. So they hope the school will do it on their behalf so that they can just be done with it. But the the length of time that this is drug on considering the evidence was just handed to them on a silver platter is, is pretty infuriating. If you're, if you're an Arizona state fan or alumni, which I am. So uh, let's see who, who do you think is going to uh, be the MVP of this team this year? Emory Jones, Emory okay. Jones. That that's the only possible scenario. Uh, I remember when Herm gave Larry Johnson 420 carries, so many carries in a season that he started tweeting about the Illuminati. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Zazavian Valade. Oh, uh, oh dude, he did a live stream with, with Joey the other day. Oh, your boy. Oh, my gosh. That's rough. That, that was, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That that live stream had to smell like Swiss cheese. Just holes in the brain. from <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, but I do I do think that the ASU to compete is going to have to run the ball so much, um, especially up the middle, middle, which is kind of the strength of their offensive line. They're, they're rough at the tackles, but they're really, really good on the inside. So um, who what would be a disaster? Anything less than I mean, well, OK, so four wins is a disaster. 
Four wins is a disaster. Anything less than that is nuclear. Okay. I would say five wins is still a disaster. Todd Graham never won less than five games, and that was a year I think they started five and one or something, five and two. Yeah, but you can't, dude, you can't be this far into a head coach tenure and have a season like this. Like, you can't. Okay. What would be considered like a special year for them? The problem is, is that there, there, there is no, there is no ceiling. Like, 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 there's no scenario that is going to be acceptable for Arizona State fans because even if they won nine games, they'd be like, "Well, we're still not anywhere where we need to be." Yeah. So there's yeah, there's, it's tough. Yeah, and they're not going <laughs> undefeated. That's impossible. It would take some of the sting away, though. All, all I know is they better not lose to NAU to start to – you better not have NAU beat the other Arizona schools that they're forced to play, by the way. The Arizona Board of Regents makes them play NAU. So to have <laughs> – for NAU to win in back-to-back years versus Arizona-Arizona State would be – that would be the biggest disaster for me. Uh, so let's jump. So are they going to try to – is the Arizona Board of Regents then going to try to block Arizona and Arizona State from leaving – the uh, or, or force them to play NAU even if they go to another conference or if they were going into different directions. Yeah, no, they're always going to have to play NAU. I think that's just part of the deal. Okay, um, but I, I would I would not want to anymore if a former because the coach at NAU is a former ASU Todd Graham assistant, so that would sting even more. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, let's jump over to Cal. What do you think of Cal? What would be a what, what would be a good record prediction for Cal? I think you gave both Arizona schools four and eight. Yeah. So okay. I would go Cal winning six games would be an a major success for them. That would be a successful season. Six and you six would so? be successful. Yeah, because they got UC Davis, UNLV. They're not beating Notre Dame. Then they can come back and beat Arizona. So then they would be three and one. They can beat Washington State which would, and Colorado, which would give them five wins. And then between Washington, Oregon, USC, Oregon State, Stanford, and UCLA, they're only going to be able to find one win. I'm looking at I'm looking at that Cal at USC game, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering what USC's run defense is going to look like by mm. that time. Yo, that's reasonable. That is very reasonable because by then people will have fig- figured out hand the ball off, hand the oh, ball yeah. off. Y'all y'all can play seven on seven all you want to, but as soon as a drop pass overthrow something like that forces a three and out, oh buddy, here they come. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, there's a lot of really encouraging things about this USC team, but there's one big hole. And until they prove that it isn't one, it, it is one. Yep. Everybody's going to be trying to run the ball on them. And I think Cal might be able to pull it off. They they're, they they got a pretty decent situation. Jack Plummer is got a lot of experience playing Big Ten football. That should be an interesting transition from a from, a, you know, a guy in Chase Garbers, who is more of someone that would go out and make plays with his feet. Uh, and just do whatever it took to get the win. Jack Plummer is your guy who throws like the gorgeous ball that everybody wants, but he's got to do it from the pocket. So as long as you can protect him, they might be able to do some damage. I like your six win prediction. I'm going to throw them an extra one. So I'll say seven and five. Uh, Who do you think is going to be the MVP of this team? Hmm. Because I'm, I'm looking at Brett Johnson coming back from getting hit by a car, <laughs> okay, and and busting his hip, and I I've I'm ready for him to dominate. I am going to go with, uh, I guess whoever ends up being their their lead running back, whether it's Brooks or Moore or you know or or uh, Stratic, who whoever ends up being their lead back. Yeah. That is who is or street like whoever it in, ends up being. That is who is going to be their MVP. I love to Carlos Brooks. I'm not sure he's an every down and every down guy, um, but maybe. May, I mean, it might be a committee thing for them. They might have like yeah. six guys with 400 yards rushing. 
Yeah, so I'm going um, with their running backs. Okay. I'm going to say Brett Johnson because <laughs> I'm going to go with Brett Johnson because I have I, I I genuinely believe that he could be the best player in the Pac-12 this year. Um, I would put I even put him on the level of Noah Sewell and Ooh. even even Caleb Williams. I think Brett Johnson could be that that guy. I, I, I think Brett Johnson could be a first round pick. So I'm, I'm okay. going to stick with him. Uh, what would be an absolute disaster for Cal? Because, you know, they had Justin Wilcox. It, it, this is the weirdest thing ever. It's like, Justin, it, it would be like if you worked at uh, AT&T, right? And, and you had an employee who like, you know, they showed up every day. They did their job. They were nice enough. You didn't really think anything of them. But they came in and they're like, you know, they came into work and they're like, man, I just turned down a massive race to go work at Verizon. You're like, oh, wow. I mean, why I guess. Did, you, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. You must you you must really like it here. And then, like, do you expect me to celebrate you? Because you were just okay. So, like, what do I, it doesn't, yes. what does that change about my life? Like, how many Cal fans do you know were jumping for joy that they didn't lose Justin Wilcox to Oregon? None. Or yeah. very, or very few. Right. So I saw on a side note, I saw Justin at Pac-12 Media Day. And remember, I played with Justin. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 kind of he kind of brushed me off a little a little bit. I was like, <laughs> damn, cold, cold shoulder. I have no idea why. All right. Well, then we'll see what happens the next time you're up for the Oregon job. <laughs> <laughs> see if I sign my name to a letter supporting you. F uh, that, buddy. F <laughs> that. Hey, buddy. All right. So now with our struggle with going alphabetical, is it University of California, Los Angeles? Or is it California? Los Angeles, are we going C or U? Because that determines whether you still. No, no. We we have to do. Yeah, we have to do you. Here comes uh, University of Colorado is next up the easternmost for now <laughs> school in the Pac-12. Um, and uh, and University of Colorado had a truly awful season Dude, under Carl this, Durrell, especially offensively last year. They replaced schedule, him with an offensive coordinator from Minnesota who was not that great. When what do you they think? could have hired Brennan Marion. Um, so their schedule looks way more like a Stanford schedule than mm-hmm. – a Colorado schedule because they play TCU Air Force and then Minnesota, Minnesota. They play those three teams to start the game. I mean, to start the season, that is a formidable schedule. At, yeah. And I, I want to point out, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a game in Colorado I've been Springs, at Florida. Air Force. Yes. I've called yeah. the game at Air Force. Not great. Not a great place to play as a road nope. team. Not great. <laughs> That's the way you said. Not great. That's a it, perfect it really, way to say it. Really isn't. Didn't Air Force get him a couple years ago? I, they probably did, bro. Did this? I think is, they did. Yeah. This is gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. The Colorado Minnesota is is circled for me. Yeah. Um. Because you know PJ Fleck is. <laughs> he's gonna gonna want to come Dude, in and show that off that game new is toy gonna finish two to one. <laughs> Two to one, like a literally impossible score. I love it. Um, no, it's actually not an impossible score because you can actually get a one point safety. How? You haven't seen a one point safety? 
No, I've never seen. I've a only one seen one, one. I've actually only seen in a game <laughs> a one point safety happen in one time ever in my life. And, and the only reason why I even heard of it, because it was during an Oregon game. Explain to me how that happens. Explain to me a one point safety so I can prepare myself for for Minnesota. Okay, so I believe it's either on a two point conversion or on a field goal attempt. I'm, I'm sorry, or on an extra point attempt where so it'd be like intercepting the ball in the end zone, running out of the end zone, but then trying to double back and then you get uh, a safety. 99 so you, yards behind you? No, 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 no. So, <clears throat> so let's say a team's going for two. Okay. They throw a pick in the end zone or yes, where or on the one yard line. Right. I catch it. And then in trying to go run for a touchdown, I uh, go back in the end zone okay. and then end up tackled in the end zone after passing the goal. Okay. All right. So it is possible, but it wouldn't be possible to, in a two to one game because then there would be no conversion. Oh, true. Yeah, that, we'll see. We'll see. Good point. <laughs> what do you think? What, so what do you think Colorado's record is going to be? So they're going to start out 0-3. Oof. Then lose to UCLA. It's a, it's a pick them against Arizona. So that's a one possible. One possible with Cal, depending on. But Cal's defense is going to lean on them too much. And, un, unless Plummer is either hurt or, you know, like, so that could be a pick them game. They're not going to lose to Oregon State. Arizona, I guess, technically. So they're not going to beat Oregon or USC. They're not going to win at Washington because uh, as long as M Michael Penix Jr. is healthy. And they're definitely, they're fucking for sure not beating Utah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Two and so, ten? Three, so, three and nine? Two and ten? So, so there's three possible wins, right? Possible yeah. wins. And this feels like spades, right? So, so if you have like three, three possibles, you might get three wins. You might get one or you might get none. So I'm going to go with two wins. Okay. I will, I will match the two win prediction. I will say two and 10. Who do you think the MVP of this team is going to be? Which is a, that's a tough one for me because I still am not a hundred percent sure what they're doing at quarterback. Yeah. Whether they're going to. Are they going to run it back with Brendan Lewis or is it JT Shroud? I don't. Who knows? I mean, it looks like Brendan Lewis is winning the competition right now, I believe. But yeah, or it could be JT Shroud because JT Shroud was hurt in the spring. So, so we'll see. Mm. Well, can you, I mean, can you I, really have an MVP on a team this bad? On a two and 10 team? Yeah. No, not necessarily. I will say, I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I know that we've made this whole podcast over the summer a joke about, you know, nobody mentioning JT Shrout. And so then by, by extension, I was kind of rooting for him to do something special. But something in me is kind of a Brendan Lewis believer. Like, there were flashes last year. Um, small flashes. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I will, okay. I'll say Brendan Lewis, uh, which, you know, Wilner thinks You're he's so going nice. to get the job. I just this team and the, and You're what's so funny nice. is they somehow they still have like all 85 scholarships filled. 
That's wild. What would be a giant success for them? Would you say a bowl? Because it's no, weird for no, me. No, a bowl it, it, that that's not within reach. So let's okay. yes, yes. There's beating Air Force. I think beating Air Force would be a nice start, but I I do think we're probably looking at a full turnover of the entire staff. I just it, it just doesn't look good for him, man. I I don't know what to say. I would love to be surprised. I like Colorado. I think their fans are great, especially when they're fans engaged. Are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what to say here. I think uh, two, two and ten, and anything. I, I, I don't think there's anything because if they go five and seven, do you really think they're going to bring Carl Durrell back? Anything short of a bowl, do you think is coming back? And you said a bowl is not possible. Yes, yes, five, five wins. He should, he should be celebrated if he gets five wins. All right, I guess we will see. Uh, next up, we got your Oregon Ducks. Um, which has a uh, national champion for uh, a head coach, a bunch of former Arizona State GAs <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, on the coaching staff. Um, a lot of very, very talented players, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and a huge question mark as to how they're going to gel uh, on offense, what when you look at Oregon's schedule, what are you thinking their record could be? Mm. Okay, so the, now I believe that they can win this Georgia game. And remember, I'm the same guy. How did I feel about the Ohio State game last year, Ralph? You, I, I'm pretty sure that when 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 they started winning that game, it was a bunch of "I told you so"s from your end. Yes, if I'm yes. remembering correctly. Correct. Yes, I would. I called that one from jump. Now this Georgia game, I <laughs> believe that they can win the game. Like like this okay. is not going to be a game where this gets out of hand at all. If there's anybody who knows how to attack this defense, it's probably going to be Dan Lanning. Well, yes, and they lost so many players. They lost their best, their top two wideouts as well. One transferred to Alabama. Other one, George Pickens, is in the NFL. They're clearly really good at the tight end spot with uh, Washington and the uh, other kid from out here in Cali. And Georgia's running back situation is always good. But this is a game Oregon can definitely win. And I'm actually excited to see how Dan Lanning is able to do with this team because they have a lot of potential and they return a ton of talent. They've they've never Oregon has never in terms of the blue chip rating had as much talent on their team as they have now. Like despite all the great years and all of that, they have not had that much talent on the team as they as that they've had now. So with that being said. I believe that the Oregon Ducks will finish with 10 wins this year. 10, 10 wins. I, wow. And the only reason why I'm not going higher than that is because of I am not 100% sure about the quarterback position. If Bo Nix is – because I think Bo Nix is going to end up starting. If he makes it through the whole season as the starter, that's optimal scenario. You know what I mean? But if you end up with a situation to where you're shuffling quarterbacks, that's a disaster, bro. Disaster. Yeah. I I would imagine that it's going to be pretty hard for Dan Lanning and Kenny Dillingham to not start Bo Nix. I mean – 
think about it, this will be his fourth time playing Georgia. Damn. His fourth time. This will be his fourth start against Georgia. Now, I'm not, I don't think has he won of has he won any of them? No. I don't think he's beaten Georgia. His best game was his freshman year, 2019, a home game. He's 30 for 50 with one touchdown and no interceptions, 245 yards. His last two times against Georgia, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Uh, he, he wasn't the reason they they lost, but he didn't do anything to help them uh, win a game. So, you know, he, he – I think – and that was a lot of uh, the thing with Bo Nix is kind of the same thing with Jaden Daniels at Arizona State is he had that freshman year where he threw 16 touchdowns, six interceptions, threw for 2,500 yards, and then the assumption was that he was going to make a big leap. But obviously uh, Auburn had as much upheaval as it did. But I'm just saying there's not – not only is there not going to be any surprises – Probably last year's Auburn Georgia game was one of the roughest that he's ever had. We're talking like I think he got sacked like ten times. Yeah. So, you know, the, their defensive line is gone for the most part. He's uh, he's gonna you know have to deal with some a pretty talented defensive backfield. But I think that Oregon's offensive line will be up for the job. I just if I'm Dan Lanning, it's just very difficult for me to not go with the guy who has so much experience. Like for. For Ty Thompson's first start to be a, 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 a essentially a road game against Georgia, that, that's, that, tough, that's so, tough. Unless he's yeah. clearing far and away the best quarterback. Yeah. Like, that's a different situ, situation. So what do you think Oregon's record will be? Because they have Eastern Washington second and then BYU third. And as far as their Pac-12 schedule, they just don't play Arizona State and USC. Shoot. Yeah, I, I, I was about to kind of laugh at you, um, but it'd be hard to not have – if they beat BYU, they're getting 10 wins. Yeah. Because that would mean that they just have to get six in conference, and I think that they're probably uh, far and away the strongest team in the north, um, which is down a little bit, and they're definitely top three in yeah. the south. So Yeah, the, the 10 wins they played totally three – they play three teams that are ranked right now: Georgia, BYU, and Utah. I think there's a chance. I think that UCLA will finish the season ranked, so they're going to have games against four ranked teams this year. Yeah. Ah, man. If they if they if they start out, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I'm going to say nine and three. I'm going to say okay. nine and three. Maybe, but 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 obviously, the con- I'm I'm having them as one of the teams playing in the conference championship. I believe it'll be them in Utah, so with a shot at ten. But I'm yeah. I'm going to say nine and three. I'm going to play it safer. I talked myself out of it. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Who's the next team? Because since we're going in alphabetical order, <clears throat> I bet you I can guess. Yeah, right. It, it would be uh, it'd be your Beavers. Did you ever really like? Was that really when you were at Oregon? Was that rivalry? You know, I know I understand that it's always been secondary, but did it feel more heated than other games like against Stanford or USC or something? No, nope. Really? No, no, no it did not. It, it was a situation to where you, the the Beaver, you just didn't want to lose to them. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like it was just more like, don't lose to these fools. Do not <laughs> because because they act like they won the, the freaking Super Bowl when they when they beat you because I lost to them when Chad Johnson was there. That was tough, bro. Was that the they had like uh, that was when they went Nevada? to the Fiesta Bowl. Yep. OK. And, and guess whatever their Jackson quarterback was. Yet? Um, 
Was it Jonathan Smith? Yes, it was Jonathan Smith. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yep. And they had Ken Simonton and that whole joint. So, yeah, so that was a good football team. Um, they played Boise State, Fresno State, and Montana State in the preseason. And during the regular season, they avoid UCLA and Arizona. Okay, so we're, we've been talking a lot about North Dakota State, Arizona, but should we talk about Montana State, Oregon State? Because Montana State's one of the best FCS programs. Didn't I feel like they lost in the championship last year or something like that? Yeah. Like they lost to North Dakota State or something. I, I, yeah, so that's dangerous. Um, the I, I'm I'm sick of Jake Hayner. I thought he's gonna be playing for Washington to know that to know that right. more Pac twelve teams have to deal with Jake Hayner. Ugh. I mean you <laughs> uh, you remember last year we were we, oh, yeah. we just, we're praising him all the time. So um if 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 they start the season 0 and 3, what does that mean? I think they, they got a shot at 3 and 0, but like they can't start 0 and 3. Oh my god, they can't. They if they start 0 and 3, they're not making a bowl game. First thing, and I think right. that bowl game is the goal this year. So I'm actually going to give them six and six. Okay, I have them going three and zero to start, and then I think that they have a. Good shot against Washington State, Colorado, Washington, Cal, and Arizona State. Right. Ah. And 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 against USC just because of the brand of football that they play. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna give them one extra win. I think I'm gonna give them seven and five. But like that would be the nightmare scenario for me. Um is that you know they go into year three of having the same starting quarterback? He doesn't take a step forward, and uh, and you you go into conference play winless because your out of conference schedule is like sneaky one of the hardest in the entire Pac-12. Yeah, that's tough right there. That actually because it's mm, not like they have they don't have. I mean, like a I mean, Oregon's have, Oregon's is the. Uh, who do we look, look, look at? So Oregon's is tough, obviously, with Georgia and BYU, and yeah. and Eastern Washington is sneaky too. And it was somebody else. Uh, some somebody else had a very tough. I think that's Cal who has a very tough. Yeah, because you said what TCU, or was that Colorado? No, Colorado had TCU Air Force. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I'm talking about. So you're oh, talking yeah, yeah. about TCU Air Force and then Minnesota. So they played 12, uh, well, 11 Power Five games and 12 like, you know, legitimate football games. Yeah, and I, okay, so but uh, I just I'm looking at Oregon State's out of conference and I see the class of the FCS, the class of the FBS, and the best FB uh, or the group of five and the best FBS group of five quarterback on the planet right now. And those three things are like, ah, I, there, there's a couple of players I want to give a shout out to. I don't know if they'll ever hear this, but I'm a big Akili Arnold fan. He's a, he's a redshirt sophomore coming out. I think he can make a big contribution. Tyjon Lindsay has been in college forever. It feels like he's still there. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think the, the person that could really be MVP of this team and possibly even be a shutdown corner is Ray John, Wright. Yeah. Uh, I really like hey, him. I hey, really he, like if him. You, if you watched Last Chance U, then you know who he is. And his brother played there as well, and he now plays for the Cowboys. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, I think that your your boy is there. 
Travis Throckmorton. Yep. He's a freshman quarterback. Hopefully he doesn't play this year because I think that would probably be disastrous. They probably have to run two, three quarterbacks to get to him. But when I look at guys like him and some of the recruits they're bringing in, I see a really bright future. The only way to keep that train going, though, is to get to a bowl this year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they get to a bowl, their recruiting is going to continue to take an uptick. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something... I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Who do we have up next alphabetically? Stanford. You just got off the phone with David Shaw, right? You you just talked to him. Uh, What was that conversation like? He was... He... Okay, so he's super smart, right? And he's always prepared for everything. And he's aware of the evolution that is needed because I asked him a pointed question about offense and when it's time to change and Stanford's identity. He was like, you have to lean into your personnel. He was like, sometimes 
people don't lean into their personnel. They try to fit a square peg in a round hole. And he kind of hinted at that they had done that before and that they are going to change. And he was like, and then sometimes Stanford itself has been pigeonholed because of the way that they play. And people haven't always identified when they have done things a different way. So a different way, like starting Jack West. (laughs) No, when they've thrown the ball a lot and they're like, why are you throwing the ball so much? And they're like, bro, because that's our strength right now. So, um, so, yeah. And he talked about the tight ends and how they've been able to recruit the right guys because they have a model for what they're looking for. So, yeah. So um, Stanford this year, I am. Listen. They are always tough for me to pick because I believe in David Shaw, the human being, right? Yeah. I don't like the way Stanford does things with their, you know, on campus with the, with the athletes and all that, treating them literally like they're regular students because they're not. But they play Colgate, USC, Washington to start, and their other non-conference games, though, are Notre Dame and BYU. So... BYU's playing a Pac-12 schedule again this year. But um, you have uh, – they have a tough schedule because they have USC, Oregon, UCLA, Utah, BYU, and Notre Dame all on the same schedule, bro. Like, if they win – if they go 7-5, and five, that would be a win. That would be an absolute win. Right. And I do not have them going 7-5, and five, but I will say – when I first saw this schedule, I was like, oh, man, like what a nightmare. The, this was the when when the Pac-12 schedule release happened, I think we talked about it on our podcast back then. of like, oh, the schedule is doing absolutely no favors to, to Stanford. Yep. They, you know, they got uh, they got Oregon and Notre Dame on the road. They have Utah on the road like they BYU is coming to them. The USC game so early in the season, but. I'm looking at it now, and the one thing that stands out to me that could really set the tone for them is they get to play two games and immediately take a week off. They have two weeks to not only prepare for Washington, but figure out more about themselves and yeah, and and regroup. Yeah, and I and I think that that's one thing that they always do well is adjust as the season goes. The biggest problem for them the last couple of years is they have not had the personnel defensively to be able to maintain any like it's been a it's it's been a skill issue not a will issue right they they did not have anybody on the defensive line that could that could plug holes nor put uh, an opposing quarterback under any type of pressure and if that's going to be the case this year when we say that we're not USC believers you know well USC's defensive line is twice as good as Stanford's so, like, how, how bad is it going to be for, for the Cardinal this year? Damn. So, um, I'm, I'm putting them at them five six. and seven. Okay. I'm, I'll, I'll give them one extra game at six and six, but I think they really – like, those home games are going to be super important and the Washington game. If they don't beat Washington, I don't know if they get to six wins, but those home games, like, they have to – they have to beat BYU, have to beat Washington State, have to beat Arizona State at home. Those are non-negotiables, right? Yep. The USC game, we'll see. They they obviously, both teams remember what happened last year. They got Clay Helton fired. 
yep. by beating the snot out of USC, I think USC is going to be extra motivated and they're not going to come in with a stale of a game plan. So that one's going to be a little bit tougher. But every other home game, because they don't have that many, they have to win. They have to take advantage of them. So, um, and I, that Colgate game, like that's a non negotiable. They got to win by five oh, times yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. You can't now- be losing to a toothpaste company, the home of <laughs> Donald Foyle. Right. All right. Next team up, Eucla. Now, this schedule is atrocious. Atrocious. <laughs> Bowling Green, Alabama not State. Their, not their fault, though, right? Correct. Right? Big, because they did get canceled fault. on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, B- Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama. Hmm. And uh, so those are their three non-conference games. You have Colo, and then they play. They avoid Oregon State and Washington State. Now, as a UCLA season ticket holder, which you are, are you going to any of the first three games? There's not a snowball's chance in hell. That you will catch me <laughs> in the stands, like not watching other football, like where I could be watching other football games. Hell, all no. the kickoff, and, and it, it takes all day for you to go anywhere because you're in LA. But the games are at two o'clock, uh, at two five and two, so you really would have to miss a full day of college football. No, no, no it's at eleven thirty. Oh, that's right. I'm East Coast time. Yeah, right? eleven thirty two and eleven. I will be at my kids' football games instead. Do you think that Alabama State is going to bring the band with them? I hope they do. That'd be so fun. <laughs> I hope they do. Yep. Oh man. Um, yep. This schedule. This schedule is dookie. Uh, Oregon on the road is tough. Other than that, it's all. If they don't win ten games, this is a disaster. Wow, ten games. How, okay. How do they they won eight what they how many did they win last year? Eight or nine? It, they won eight. Uh so they won eight, but they didn't beat a single team with a winning record. Okay. They played bowling green, Alabama State, and South Alabama first. So <laughs> they okay. have to start out three and zero. Then they play Colorado. Should they should beat Colorado, correct? They get they Washington Colorado, yeah. at home. They should beat Washington. Yeah, but only 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 on one week's rest, traveling from off a road game. So yeah, only six days, right? Okay, that's, uh, that's and so then maybe, they, maybe and, Washington has an advantage there. We'll see. And then they play versus Utah, which is going to be crazy tough. And then at Austin Stadium. So let's assume that both of those games are losses, right? Okay. They should beat Stanford, Arizona State, and Arizona. Correct. They should. Yes. Yeah. USC is a game that they have to win. And they smoked USC last year. Yes. So so that's a game they can win. And Cal's a game they probably should win. So, like, how do you not get to 10? So how do you – what other possibility besides 10 wins is going to be acceptable? Mm. And the one thing that I think could really get them is, like, power running and athleticism. And I don't know – who on their schedule I can say is ah, I'll give Cal the game. I'll give Cal the game. We'll say, I'll say nine and three, but you're, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. I, I guess I haven't looked as closely at the, at the schedule, 
Um, it obviously you're going to say probably it, it, Dorian Thompson Robinson takes makes a step it through. Forward, then he's, yes, he's the MVP of this team by far. Yes, and probably Pac-12 Player of the Year. Yeah, I did. I did find it odd that people were like, "Oh, Caleb Williams automatically slotted into that number right. one spot." When I was like, "You and Caleb Williams is good, but he's got to come in and he's got to vie with the fact that Jaden Delora and and Dorian Thompson Robinson, for the most part, last year, every time they took the field, were playing at a star level." So, yep. Um, yeah, I I think that to to me, he is the odds-on favorite for the best offensive player in, in the conference, and and he should be able to. Um, I hate to say this because the other teams have good players too, but he really should be able to pad some stats in those first four or five games. Don't you oh, think? yeah, yeah, he should be making a Heisman run this year. All it right. would be it would be really frustrating for it to be September twenty fourth, then be four zero, and not be hearing DTR like early Heisman dark horse. Yes, for sure. All right, uh, then it's the Trojans. Uh, it's the condoms. So. Um, they, I mean, there's a lot of hype. They come in ranked 14th in the AP poll. They play Rice, Fresno State, and Notre Dame in non-conference. Rice is up first, then at Stanford, Fresno State, at Oregon State. They also play Utah, Arizona, and UCLA on the road. I got this team winning nine games. Okay. Okay. I think they lose yep. to Notre Dame. I think they lose to Utah. And they'll find a way to screw something else up because like Oregon State or yeah. But but this is a team that should get to 10 wins as well. Okay. Um I am not as high on USC as a lot of people. You and I have had multiple conversations about what we see some of their glaring holes are. Uh, Caleb Williams is fantastic. Travis Dye, you know, obviously if they get back to running the ball and the fact that Travis Dye is even there is frustrating, but good, good for him. Um, I guess I think, you know, defensively they they've got some exciting players, but Caleb Williams is great, but he's not going to be the best quarterback on the field when they host Fresno state. He's not. Like yep. so, uh, to me, there's a possibility for a loss um, against Fresno State in what might be Fresno State's audition to replace USC in the Pac-12 if the Pac-12 survives. And and I also think that uh, Utah is going to be really really tough for them. And and U- UCLA and Notre Dame, I I think it's eight wins max. I have them eight wins. I think Travis Die uh, would maybe be for me right behind DTR as one of the players of the year. Um, uh, defensively, it's you know it is Chris Steele gonna keep interfering on every pass attempt, um, <laughs> or or is you know or is he gonna is he gonna get back to who he was coming out of high school, who's one of the top players in the country? USC has kind of developed this reputation over the last few years for not developing talent. Well, we, well, we, did you well, watch- well, 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 you don't have to worry about Chris Chris Steele because Chris Steele is with the uh, he's in Pittsburgh. Oh, is he? He's gone. He, yeah. He's gone. He, he, oh, yeah. There we go. So, there we so, go. buddy, but, but I talked to somebody I know out there. He's still out there hold, holding people. They got to put <laughs> boxing gloves on him. <laughs> well, okay. So here's the and deal. You like, know, I, and, and, I, and you know, if I'm saying that, that's, that is, yeah, that, that, that that's the truth. 
It's embarrassing that I didn't know Chris Steele was in Pittsburgh, but here's the deal. I just finished watching the Hard Knocks with Amon Ross St. Brown, with him reciting the 16 receivers that were drafted before him. He was the number three player in the country coming out of high school. In the country. He was the number one receiver and number three player in the country. And he watched 16 receivers go before him. Then he broke the rookie record for both receptions and yards. And that's Because they all ran faster. They all ran faster. Listen, bro. When somebody is good, they just good, fam. Yep. As an Anquan Bolden fan, I'm not looking at that 40. Can they can they play? Can they run the route? Can they play? I mean, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is a four six guy. Yep. So was Larry Fitzgerald. So but the USC's got this reputation for not developing players. Lincoln Riley's gonna have to get past that really quick. Um, and they're bragging on this offensive line, the ones that, you know, that 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 weren't high level recruits. They're really bragging on them. They're saying that they're that they're performing well, but it could also just be, you know, in practice against that defensive line. <laughs> yep, exactly. It's very possible. Yep. All right. Um, oh, who do we have up next? University of Washington. Or we got Utah. Oh yeah, Utah. Damn, I forgot about them. Those those pesky Utes. Those pesky Utes. <laughs> Did you did you forget or are you trying to forget? I'm traumatized from last year. So sorry, Utah fans. I was not trying to slight you. You guys have traumatized me. Uh, but I will tell you this: huge Utah fan, though. Huge Utah fan. Me too. Like they were. Like they earned it, man. Listen, listen. Anybody who has listened to this podcast that thinks I don't like Utah, you guys have an. I love the state. I love Salt Lake City. Love Coach uh, Coach Whittingham. Love Coach Ludwig, who was my offensive coordinator. Listen, 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 people. You might be seeing a little bit more more of me out in Salt Salt Lake. Just know that you don't look you don't you don't look too bad in red either. Hey, bro, bro, I will gladly I will gladly be like. <laughs> I think uh, this is definitely the class of the Pac-12 right now, which how that happened, we can talk about all day long, but they did their job, right? Yep. They're, they, yeah, Oregon is on their like third coach in four years. Uh, yes, USC um, rode with Clay Helton long after they uh, probably should have. There's the investigation um, at Arizona State. There's things that you can point to and say like, oh, yeah, well, other people fell off. Other people fall off all the time. All you have to do is your job. And that's exactly what Utah did. And I'm looking at this team, George, and it's near perfect. This is a near perfect football team. My biggest worry is speed on the outside. That is my biggest worry. Do they have wide receivers? Yes, correct. Correct. And I don't know. I honestly, I'm not sure they do. I know they can use those the tight answer, ends all dude, day. But. Th- that is the th- one spot that they are missing. They know it. Everybody knows it. But this team is always hard-nosed. They are, they are fundamental. They just wreck you. Like, they are rugged. And they have mantras up in the in the off in the football facility all over, and they live by them jokers, buddy. They live by them, and I appreciate yeah. that. All right, uh, I have Utah, so they have Florida. I think that's going to be a win. Southern Utah win. San Diego State win because they have the right guy starting this year. 
There, I'm, I got them going 10 and 2, 11 and 1. Okay. Who are the two or the one? I think that their tricky games are going to be UCLA, USC, and Oregon. Okay. I think that they okay. can, that they may be able, they, there is a world where they can navigate all three of those. But I don't yes. think that they do navigate all three. I think they're that, losing. They're not going undefeated. That's just the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah. At this point, if you're if you're calling anybody to go undefeated, you're ridiculous. Even if, even if, like, even if Utah had the two best wide receivers in the conference on their roster right now, there's it just doesn't happen in the yep. Pac-12. So you can forget the undefeated. Yeah, thing. because of the way the schedules are made. Dude, Utah finishing like the, the, they didn't do Utah won the Pac-12 last year, and they have them finishing the season on the road, back-to-back games at Oregon and at Colorado. Like, what, right, are, you, what are you doing? Like yeah, and Colorado's like the made-up rivalry game, and you know that. Like, you know, why don't you win. help them out? Yeah, there might be an interim coach at Colorado then, so there'll be some energy. <laughs> 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 All right, how um, many games do you have them at? I have them I have them at 10 and 2. Okay. I have one of their losses being just absolute nonsense. Herm Ball. Yes. I talked about it earlier in the podcast. I think they're going to lose a game they shouldn't and it's going to happen in in Tempe. Um and then I think I think it's really a it's really a coin flip for me of whether I don't know if Oregon is ready to get back that quick against them after the two uh, blowout losses. But then, you know, they, they, the, the at, uh, at the Palouse is one that I'm looking at like, eesh, cause they never, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't always do well when they go to the Northwest and it's not quite November, but it's close enough uh, to where that might cause. Yeah. Yeah. Issues. Yeah. It'll, it'll that, be a tad bit chilly, but, but, but kind of the same weather yeah. in, as in Salt Lake. To me, they do have the most important game on the schedule of any Pac-12 team, unless you believe that Oregon is ready to compete for a national championship, then you know they got to go out there and beat Georgia. But I'm looking at this Utah going all the way to Gainesville game, George, and it's... Oh, that is major. That is major. Florida's unranked, and they have a brand-new head coach. It... Utah can't lose this game. Correct. They, They literally cannot. Like, if you want to have taken that next step, you're a top 10 team. You can't lose to an unranked team on the road. And that's what this is. It's an Big unranked facts. team on the road. And, and, and yes, Florida's got a good, uh, a really good quarterback, but you have the best defensive backs, maybe not in the country, but top five, definitely yep. in the conference. For and sure. So that's, I mean, that shouldn't be, I'm not saying that game shouldn't be close because it's in Gainesville, but you have to have to win. That's that's the biggest game for me because if Utah doesn't win that game, then yeah, maybe they can turn around and win eleven in a row. That's that's completely possible. But people are going to be looking at that Florida game, a team that's probably going to finish with six losses at the end of the season, and they're going to say we can't put this team in a playoff. And that's the thing I want to avoid. Exactly. Um, Ten and two. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Now and, on to and MVP is Cam Rising. Oh yeah, they're not gonna be a, easy. Easy work. Yeah. Um, now UW, new K- coach Kalen DeBoer, new starting quarterback Michael Penix Jr. Uh, Hewitt is third on a depth chart right, right, right now, which is Washington fans did not expect that. So, uh, but Penix Jr. Probably, has 
No go. Probably how it should be though, right? Yeah. Probably how it should be. If he if he's willing to stick it out another year, then he if because if if Penix plays at the level that he can, he's gone. Their other quarterback who started the last few years as a senior, so I don't know. I think wait it out is my take there. Yep, one hundred percent. Now I look at their schedule and. There is potential because they are recruiting better than they were under their latch coach, Jimmy Lake, which I'm surprised is not a coordinator right right now. But they have Kent State and Portland State to start the season. Now, those would normally be like two gimme wins, but they lost to Montana last year. So they are going to they're not going to take those games lightly. They better not. And then Michigan State. They can upset them. I used to be back, back to pack, but, but, but fuck everybody now. Clearly, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, so they die, they die. Um, at Michigan State, I have this Hi. team. That's going to be a cool environment, though, for all yeah. the game. As long as they don't lose to Portland State and. The fans just quit on the team right away. Like, as long as they take care of business against Portland State, that whole stadium is going to be rocking for Michigan State visiting. Yeah. So, one, two. Yeah, they start out with four straight home games. That's nice. Um, So, I actually think that this is a team that can win eight games. It is completely feasible to have Washington going into the Oregon State game at like eight and one or something. Oh yeah, yeah, it is or definitely feasible. Yeah, 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 either seven and one or six and two, for sure. That is definitely feasible. If they're bowl eligible halfway through the season, then that I mean that's going to be <laughs> then then you got to start talking about what do we got to do to keep our head coach. <laughs> Damn. Who's only been here for? But that's. Am I wrong? I mean, because the the SEC is at the point where so much money's involved that they're firing coaches literally every but, year. But the cool part is, is that by then, Washington and Oregon will be in the Big Ten. So they'll be like, we got that money to keep them, baby. You can't go nowhere. <laughs> you stuck with us. Oh, it hurts to laugh at that. <laughs> I, I, you know, you know how crazy it would be to have Washington. Going to Eugene at eight and one a year after firing their coach and losing to Montana, I'm not rooting for it, but I do think it's. I I I think it's an eight win team overall. Yeah. Um, but go, they do have just such a friendly, nice schedule. That Michigan State game is really going to be everything. I mean, gosh, you could look at this schedule and you could you you could talk yourself if you're a Washington fan, probably into nine and three. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that, and I'm being and optimistic and giving them eight. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. All right. Um, Do you last... like Penix? Do you yes. like Penix? Yes. At Indiana, he was really good. Beat out Woody. Beat Penn State or Ohio State. One of one of the two. He was, and then and got got hurt. Yeah. The the kid. As long as he finishes the season because he's gotten hurt a bunch. You know they will have a legitimate shot. Now last team up, the Cougars led by Dickert. Um, Idaho 
at Wisconsin and Colorado State to start. They should start two and one. I think that this is a six win team because I don't know the quarterback situation. I, I, you know, it's tough. They are in a stretch where they were getting better. And now Washington State is one of those places that has ebbs and flows. It's it's tough for them to maintain a 10-win, you know, level every year just because of they can't recruit at the level that other schools can. So yeah. I have them as a six or seven win team. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna give them seven wins because I think Arizona and Arizona State are gonna be bad. So yeah, so I oh no, I'm gonna give them six wins. I'm gonna give them six. I'm giving six. All right. I this is a tough one for me. I just I jumped on the uh Twitter spaces with Coach Dickert uh last night. He did like a Reddit college football Twitter spaces and I jumped on and was actually able to to get a question to him. And you know what I asked about? What? I asked if I asked if he had told Cam Ward any Josh Allen stories yet. Because he was at Wyoming when Josh Allen was there. And he said, Yeah, like they've actually used him as an illustration to say, like, hey, you 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 know, there, there might be some ways that you play that are unconventional, but I want 100% of my trust is behind you uh, because of the work that you've put in. I'm going to let you be you and we're going to ride and die with you. So um, I, he's a huge, huge believer. The way he talks about Cam Ward, you know, he, he is more glowing about Cam Ward than I think any Pac-12 coach is about any player on their team. And uh, and so that that is that goes a long way into convincing, a, a, you know, a small brain person like me. But the thing that he said is having a seven a year seven Renard Bell fully healthy. Um, is going to make the biggest difference at wide receiver for them. And so uh, I will go with you. I was thinking five and seven, but I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give them that sixth win. It would be really cool to see this team um, make a bowl. You have a lot of former North Dakota State people uh, on this roster. You, you, you got to figure with that winning pedigree, um, they're going to find some way uh, to figure this out. It's just a matter of do they have the data? A lot of people transfer out with the coaching change. Do they have the talent that that remains to be able to carry this forward? Yep. For sure. For sure. All right. Um, yeah. So I am bullish on the future of Washington State, but this season I think it's gonna going to be tough with their with their schedule and other teams that are coming up right now. But uh you guys, that is Reister not Reister or wrong, the Pac-12 Apostles <laughs> this week, next week, season preview. And that's up next. Peace out. Catch you guys later. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.